Hello, it is Friday, April 17th, and I think we are in the process of coming back to life out of quarantina from covid 19 I don't know. That's what it sounded like whenever I heard people talk yesterday that seemed to know what they're talking about. Seems like we're maybe going into a phase one, phase two, phase three operation, and there was a lot of conversation about getting back in the game and back in stadiums, Hey. A little optimism, we'll take it. Jay Glazer's big, big news the other night, we'll talk about it. A couple great guests, and can't thank you enough for joining us. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Everybody knows that Manscaped is the greatest company in below-the-belt grooming to ever exist. Ow! Son of a Bitch! Those are screams and sounds I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about the Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Men, start taking notes. Because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. No more cuts and nicks with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This is a third-generation trimmer featuring an advanced skin-safe technology, so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Take your time down there. Huh? Bob Ross that thing. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud. Because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. So many people have written in stories about how the lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. <laughs> they did not. They did not. That did not happen. But you get it. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee at manscaped.com. That's M-C-A-F-E-E at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with the code McAfee. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code McAfee at manscaped.com. Your partner, your dick, and your balls will thank you. And I thank you, too, for choosing to listen to this show. Even though it's very stupid, let's get to it. Okay, uh, the big, big news that Jay Glazer um, teased for 36 hours. Okay, We thought it was coming out tonight, but turns out it was last night. He said it two days ago on a morning show. He has some big, big news. And um, anytime you hear that an insider in the NFL has big, big news, especially in times like these, your mind's going to wander. Okay, I know Jay Glazer. I like him as a person. As soon as I heard he had big, big news, two bigs in there, right? Mm -hmm. Two bigs in his exact quote. I was like, okay, something massive is going to happen, which is going to be able to carry us to the draft next week. Now we got sporting news. Hello, Korean baseball is coming back. Great to hear. Can't wait to watch about an inning and a half of it and be like, I, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. I don't even like uh, MLB baseball, but maybe Korean baseball will win me over for the sport of baseball. I'm not 100% sure. I feel like it's going to be like preseason football. Everybody's itching for football to get back. Then you see preseason football. You watch like a quarter. You're like, okay, all right, let's get to the regular season. Mm -hmm. Might happen with Korean baseball. Might not. 
pumped to watch it, all that stuff. Didn't know if he was going to, you know, make some other breaking news, big, big news. Maybe it's Gronkowski going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of his tie-in with Fox. And now that we know that Tampa Bay is shopping O.J. Howard on the trade block, that news would have been even more paramount from Jay Glazer last night. Maybe it was Greg Olson was going to say, you know what? I'm not going to play football this year for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm actually coming back. I'm going to be the number two color commentator for Fox in the NFL since they lost Charles Davis. Thought that could potentially be the big breaking news. Maybe we thought the uh, he was going to have news about the NFL, maybe thinking about going ahead without fans and something like that. Any of those things could have been big, big news. So maybe it was our fault, you know, for setting our expectations at a level that was so damn high because what Jay Glazer broke – it almost broke the internet last night with ratios. I have never seen Jay Glazer get heat like this. Jay Glazer, very well liked by almost every human out there. He, there was one tweet that said, 10 years of goodwill ruined in one night. <laughs> one night. And I do believe that he potentially thought this was big, big news. But boy, the rest of the world did not. Roll it, Foxy. This is a news item I would hope that I would not have to break. Okay, what we is it? We had Sean Payton on. A couple of weeks ago, as the first member of the NFL family that we knew that had the coronavirus. Is he dead? Now I'm here to report. No, we have news of the first player to test positive for the coronavirus. Oh, that Raiders. It is Rams center Brian Allen. Now, I Who? talked to Brian this morning, and he said he got it actually about three weeks ago. And the huh? first thing he said was, quote, I woke up three weeks ago. I couldn't smell anything. I lost all sense of smell. Um to the point where I had smelling salts here, I cracked them open, put them to my nose, and nothing happened. Nothing. Then he lost his sense of taste. He said, all I could feel was texture in my mouth. Literally, it was the only sense I had in my mouth. And he said, I then got periodic sore throats. I would just get really fatigued. My throat would start burning. Everything felt different than every other flu I've had. He then got headaches, he'd stiff, he'd get tired, he has to sit, sit down. I asked him how long these symptoms last he said those lasted for about three or four days but he was retested again last week and he tested positive again no wow but brian told me that because of the length that he's had it as of thursday he will actually be in the all clear okay so symptoms have cleared, today except yeah. the taste okay the smell. okay he said, the actually told him uh, a range of when he's going to regain his smell uh he said it was anywhere from six to eight months, but he's actually six to eight months. But he's actually regained some of the smell already. So he's not really sure what some of the smell to go on. But again, Brian Allen, we're glad that. And Brian said to me also, "Look, my case wasn't as bad. This is a real life, life or death situation. That's not what my situation was. Oh. So we're glad, we're happy that Brian Allen is able to pull through this." Yeah, we are. I mean, first of all, happy that Brian Allen's getting some sense of smell back, and he's in the all-clear starting today. Congrats, Brian Allen. Didn't know he was in the NFL until right now, but very pumped up about him. Probably should know more about him. The guy just beat coronavirus, okay? Mm -hmm. Shout out to that guy. But boy, when you break big, 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 big news, it's kind of, I, I think a lot of people were thinking this was earth-shattering stuff, and instead it was about a guy who turns out is, is healthy, is safe, Lost his sense of smell, took smelling salts to the face, couldn't smell anything. But I guess there was a Raiders player that was already reported of having COVID-19 a couple weeks ago. I mean, there's this is just a, for Jay Glazer, who I am a massive fan of, 
Last night was a rough night for Jay Glazer, but I bet you Fox Football now had numbers through the roof. So you can't help but hate on his Chris Jenner-like methods of uh, marketing, but boy, it was a big letdown. Jay Glazer's going to have to bring some real bang-bang and boom-boom to his next news that he breaks, I would assume. So you really do think that he was thinking like, oh, people are going to go crazy when they hear this. I think so. I think so. He's like, oh, it has affected not only the coaches, but it's also now affected the players. (laughs) I think he thought that. And, And by the way, you could see how he maybe would have thought that because an NFL player getting COVID-19 does seem like it's something that wouldn't happen, especially because the way the quarantine's all locked down and stuff like that. But NBA players have already had it. There's already been so many other people. Tom Hanks has already had it. I mean, there's already been big names that have it. So whenever Brian Allen has it, it's like, okay, first of all, didn't know that guy existed. Happy he's okay. But that's not really going to be the thing that's going to move people to the edge of their seat. And Jay Glazer found it out last night. He'll bounce back. Jay Glazer is a durable person. Jay Glazer is a guy that can really get back in the saddle. But I think he'll bounce back after a rough night on the internet last night night uh it was nowhere near what's up no disrespect to brian allen but if it was a bigger name nfl player, big deal yeah i think if it's a big deal i mean if tom brady takes a poop it's a big deal Mm -hmm. if it's um if it's jared goff even quarterback of the la rams big deal i think there it's just a little bit different brian allen not his fault he's offensive lineman he's supposed to be anonymous so whenever you tell us an anonymous guy gets uh, a disease that we or a virus that we've heard everybody, like a, a lot of people, I mean, it's just whew, tough night for Jay Glazer. Cardi B's nails. I don't know how you oh, do anything with those. Me neither. I mean, I respect the game. You know what I mean? How long? They're just, it seems like out so there. Long. Too long to be good back scratching nails? Uh, I don't know how strong they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? When they get that long away from the house. It's susceptible to breaking. Yeah. That's why the one guy to keep them in a sack. Yeah, that guy in India who had the uh, world record for yeah. his nails. Oh, those Th- things probably smelled oh. like a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now is a man that does not smell like a butthole, a Super Bowl champion from the Philadelphia Eagles, offensive lineman Lane Johnson. Let's go! Yeah! What? 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 <laughs> right. Are y'all having a little bit too much fun in there? Yeah, dude. We, we've kind of gotten stir-crazy at this point. How are you? Where are you at? What have you been doing during quarantine? I've been in Oklahoma City pretty much training. I uh, have some friends that uh, say they're good fishermen, talk a lot of good shit, and then we get out there and we don't catch nothing. So that's that's what we've been doing. Oh, so you, I feel that. By the way, I've gone fishing no less than 20 times. I've never caught a fish, except for one time. Never? Well, one fish. I'm sorry. Lake Minnetonka, Minnetonka Miracle ice fishing, pulled a swordfish out of their last <laughs> cast lane. Well, hey, you need to come down here and uh, and do some uh, hillbilly hand fishing. I did it one time too. I've so. done. Hey, I I've fisted a fish before. I have fisted. Oh, you've a, done it. Yeah, burnt my back because I was bent over the entire time, right? Because you're in the water and you go and you fist the fish and then you come out the gill, right? And you pull that some bitch. Yeah. yeah, you guys do that in Oklahoma. I'd assume that is an like everyday thing in Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a teammate that did it. Uh, that was with us, Alan Barbary. I don't know. if we ever played with you, but anyways, he uh, he took me a couple years ago and stuck my hand in there, and I was going, "What the fuck?" Bit me like a bulldog, and uh, hey, we uh, finally went in there, and uh, old blue cat just swallowed whole son. Hey, I dragged that the sucker out of there. Hey, by the way, <laughs> you know it, it feels like sandpaper in there. On your it own. does. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good feeling. No, I agree. I got it all ripped up, but I pulled a. I think it was a thirty pounder, twenty pounder, maybe. I, I pulled a big boy out. 
Hey, does it get bigger each time you tell it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, now that I'm recollecting, I think it was like a 42 pounder. <laughs> 42? Yeah, it was 42 pounds. You know what I mean? Hey, that's how it should be. Hey, uh, hey, Lane, I have a question for you. Yep. Super Bowl champion, uh, incredibly accomplished career, an animal on the field. When Jason Kelsey just took that swipe at you in the middle of his Super Bowl celebration speech, did you lose your mind up there? Or what was the thought when he just took a left hook at you? I was I was so messed up. I was just going, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I kept, and I just kept listening. <laughs> I mean, it was that team was something special, man. I, it was I watched the NFC. I think it was before the NFC championship game team meeting you guys played meek mill in the team meeting and everybody in there was dancing in the team meeting i think it was like the what's that so everybody lost their minds yes it was awesome you were a team that i've never seen a team that loose before before a massive game that eagles team it was like a team of destiny almost with the dogs the the mask and everything like that what is your recollection of that run i don't know it's almost like the, the perfect recipe um i remember before that season started i could just you can see it at OTAs, you know, you get back to OTAs, you can kind of see what kind of team you're going to have. And, you know, was, I've been in the league five, six years at a time, and I knew we had a shot, so it was really about staying healthy. But Carson went down after that happened, and uh, when we got in the playoffs, it was almost like we had that nothing to lose still. So the pressure was off because we weren't expected to be there, so it made it made it a lot easier on ourselves, I feel like. Yeah. And, and we, we had guys like Chris Long, Tory. you know, we had a bunch of good vets that were, you know, that have been in games like this before, Malcolm. And so they kind of, you know, it was, you could just feel it. Was there anything weird with Carson and Foles behind the scenes? Do you think Carson ever got jealous at all of the th the way things were going then? No, not jealous. I just think he wanted to be out there, um, you know, really to set back from the injury. I mean, that's really it, just because he's such a workhorse in, in the weight room and everything he does. Um, so that, I know, I, knew, I knew he was dying to be back out there. Um, and that's really it, just because of the season that he was having at the time. You guys got slapped in the mouth with the injury bug last year. I, I mean, it was towards the end of the season there. You guys, were, Carson and you boys were winning games. We were just getting sniped out there. I don't, I don't know what the hell was going on. Literally, that that's really what yeah. it felt like. And Carson Wentz yeah. was getting judged, obviously, on everything that he does. And he will until he wins another Super Bowl, by the way, because of yes. what happened with Nick Foles. You know how it is. That's exactly you know how, how it is. is. There's no other conversation to have, really, about anybody, let alone if they're, the CFL players are on the field at the end of the season. Um, it don't matter. McDonald's workers. If Carson Wentz <laughs> doesn't win, they should have had Nick Foles. What have you learned about Carson Wentz? And what makes him such a great player in those moments? when it feels like nothing can go right man he's uh he's just very resilient I, i've just seen throughout the injuries and you know throughout the criticism which he's had a lot of he's never really battered or showed you know any signs of it getting to him um i just think you know like i was saying earlier he's a workhorse as far as the weight room and how he goes about his day so i think he stays so busy and so consumed with what he does that he i mean he drowns out a lot of the distractions and then far as I think, you know, he, he likes to prove naysayers wrong just with, you know, this year, a lot of questions coming in. And then he did what he did with limited cast members out there. So I think that speaks volumes. And I think moving forward, he's going to have that, that edge to him. What are you, you're a three-time pro bowler, uh, an absolute monster. I guess you're what, nine years in, eight years, nine years in, eight, eight, eight years in. What are you doing to change your game now that you're getting kind of older? Anything? Um, Man, it's just a lot more flexibility stuff and concentrating a lot on the feet you know you take a lot of pounding down there your feet and ankles that's what I've, I've been rolled up on the past two years so doing a high ankle sprain so just 
getting that back. Um, you know, when you have those injuries, you got to go back in and kind of break up the scar tissue, and it kind of gets old and, you know, doing that, some of that stuff. So that's what I've been doing, man, just, just breaking up some scar tissue, and that's about it. With the metal? Is it with the metal? <laughs> no, man, I've been a lot on the, on the slant boards. We do that. We do some speed, speed work and stuff like that. So playing on that one side, you get so asymmetrical during the season, so you just really try to balance all that stuff back out when you – in the off season. That, that metal man. wand, there's this metal wand that is used to break up scar tissue. <laughs> it is like is, a piezo wave. Oh, dude, it is cruel and unusual Terrible. punishment. <laughs> I, 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 I used to, I had three surgeries, whatever, in four seasons. And I, I would, you know, I get the surgery and I'm like, okay, kind of cool. I get to be bedridden yeah. here for a couple of days. Let me binge watch some things. And then when you get back into the rehab and you're like, all right, let's teach you how to move the knee again. Let's do that. And at the end, all right, we're going to do five minutes of breaking up your scar tissue. And they pull out this metal wand. And it's like, <laughs> no, do not do that to me right now. Yeah, he's exactly what it is. Yeah, then at the first couple of times, we start waving in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you been able to work out over there in Oklahoma City aside from failing at fishing? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all there is to do. Um, we got access to a gym that's not far far down the road, so me and a couple of buddies go in there and get after it. Uh, uh, what have you so been yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so my guys, just some of my friends back home, they don't pl- not playing ball anymore, but – Whatever I'm doing, damn it! Hey, you better be doing it too. <laughs> you got guys just puking in that weight room, I bet. Just hey, abs- they're getting after it. Hey, we all got to suffer somehow. Making some savages during the quarantine. I, I hey, absolutely hey, we're trying to. What hey, if- I said, whatever you do, at least you're gonna be yoked walking around doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been learning about uh, the virtual OTAs and stuff like that? Have you has has anybody told you what the hell that's gonna uh, consist of? It's gonna it's gonna be like this. So uh, I guess our coach is going to be who's a really a hands-on type of guy, so he hates this shit. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be an adjustment for everybody. So we'll see how it goes. I, I can call you back in a few weeks and give you a report on how that's going. Please. Uh, yeah, so just all FaceTime for us the meetings, and I think we may be recording our workouts too. I'm not – Totally sure on that, but but yeah, that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, make sure you get your two friends in there too. In the videos. <laughs> get the Eagle Scouts. You might get somebody signed out there. Hey, sounds about right. You got the chance to meet Tyson Fury. Was that one of the most interesting humans you've ever encountered? Yeah, and it was like, um, it, it was such a tense feeling, you know, because the locker rooms are right beside each other, mm. but, you know, 10 foot apart. So you got Wilder's team and you got Fury's family. And so, really, you know, a lot of guys were kind of on edge. I guess the family members, just the weigh-ins. So it was really a brief, inter, uh, you know, meet and greet. But he, he was cool. He was, uh, you could tell he was funny right off the bat. Super tall, you know, rangy. You, you could just tell. You could see it in his eyes. He's a, he's a killer in there. So that was cool, man. I, I just, uh, I liked his story, you know, kind of where he came back from. Um, him um, blowing up to 400 pounds, getting on, you know, drug addiction, this, that, and other, coming back. I thought it was pretty neat. So interesting, dude. I wish I knew more about him before this fight. I, I went down a rabbit hole yeah, with Tyson yeah, Fury. Yeah, so basically how he got notoriety is that he uh, beat Vladimir Klitschko, who was like undefeated Russian fighter for like, or Ukrainian fighter for like 15 years. And so he ended up beating him and then reclaimed the title, failed a drug test, lost it all, <laughs> then came back. <laughs> Why does that happen, Lane? Why does like that happen? Hey, I don't know. Like sometimes you do. Uh, you remember Forrest Gump? You say stupid is stupid does. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lane can't stay off the drug or the juice. <laughs> Lane Johnson can't stay off the juice, and then he went right to the next person. I was like, damn, does 
Does Lane know that Jason Kelsey is just screaming that in front of a couple hundred thousand people? Uh, Keep it rolling. Hey, that was a beautiful team. Uh, you're a beautiful man. We appreciate the hell out of you. You got to call back. I've enjoyed this conversation immensely. Hey, keep calling. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> we'll, get some more, we'll get some more fishing stories out of you. Hey. Some more, hey, more myths out of you. Swordfish out of Minnetonka, fist of the fish in Carolina. Hey, 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 last thing. Do you like to sign contracts and, and buy people shots and bars? <laughs> Who told you that, pal? I don't know, pal, but hey, something just came in my mind last second. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, that's my move, by the way. I sign a contract. I sign a contract, and then I try to give it all away at the bar immediately <laughs> upon arrival. Hey, that's what you're supposed to do. show people. Show the people some love. Hey, amen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Lane Johnson, you're the man, Woo! dude. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Cheers. Joining us now is a man who delivered $25,000 worth of scrubs to local Kansas City Children's Hospital on Tuesday. Wow. What a guy. Hey, by the way, he's got 45 kids, a Super Bowl ring, and a heart of gold, ladies and gentlemen. The Southpaw from the Kansas City Chiefs, Dustin Cole. Yeah! Oh, great shirt! Oh, hey, great shirt! Hey, great shirt! You knew I was going to wear it. I do. I... I didn't know that, but I appreciate that you did. You look damn good. You look very thin right now. How are you staying in shape after winning a Super Bowl and being locked down right now? Well, we're locked down with five kids inside of one house, and uh, it, it, it's it's nuts. Um, in the South, back in the day, they wouldn't let uh, more than five girls in the same house the, at the same time, and I know why. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little crazy being locked down. Uh, we have five kids, obviously, me and my wife, and then two cats, two dogs, two frogs. It's uh, getting a little crazy here in Kansas. I don't want to um, completely derail this conversation, but did you start with your frogs as tadpoles and then watch them grow into frogs? No, they, they jumped in a pond in our backyard, and the kids said we can't let it die during the winter. And then we got another one the first of spring, and it's just we just keep multiplying. I told them we have to... We have to start letting things go because we, <laughs> we got to tighten up the hatches here, button them down. I have two dogs, four cats, two frogs, and a mouse now at my house. No, <laughs> no human pets, though. Thank God. No, you got to work on that, man. You got to yeah. put more of you out into this world to be a better place. No, 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 Dustin. The world needs less of me. Uh, believe me, I understand that. I, I know too much about me. Let's talk about you. Everybody thinks that when you're a punter for a team, that doesn't punt as much as another team, that your job is easier. And I have been on record numerous times stating that the year we were 2-14 and 14 and I almost broke the single season punting uh, a number record was a much easier year for me than the year where we almost went 16-0 and and I was punting like once a game, twice a game. Because whenever they need you, you have to have a big one. There's no room for error. This past season with Patrick Mahomes and the way that offense has been going, there was a lot of jokes made about Dustin Colquitt, but then whenever your ass had to get out there and hit a couple bombs, you did just that. What have you been learning here about this new offense that you guys have and how the punter is a position that is going to be very rarely seen, but when he is, it's going to be a big-ass deal? Yeah, definitely. And you, you end up being a sports psychologist for your kicker. Uh, <laughs> you're kicking a lot of field goals. You're, so you're holding a lot. And then, like you said, you know, you got to – you got to make sure that you get all a lot more practice just leading up to games. Pre-games become important. And then, like, when you get out there, like you said, you're trying to make guys fumble. You're trying to turn the field over, trying to bury it inside the 10-yard line. You know, the, 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 the days, like you know, of the 20-yard line, those are gone. 
you're trying to bury that thing deeper. You're trying to get to the 10, the five and stuff like that. And so what you were good at, you know, when you're not, when you weren't punting a whole lot, obviously you're hitting the bombs, but you, you were a guy that walk out there and change the game and kickoff because you have to, you have to respect somebody that will take any risk possible to do something for his team. And you were able to do that. You changed the kickoff, especially the onside game. And, Right now, I think you'd be making a living doing it because we don't have the same rules. As you know, those percentages have gone way down. Pat McAfee, get back here. No, listen, <laughs> this is about you. This is not about me. I mean, people would argue greatest onside kicker of all time. I mean, that's all time. Of all you time. can say it now. I can say it now. I can say it now because onside kicks are basically done for. But let's get back to you. How long have you been punting now for the Chiefs? Uh, this will be my 16th season. Just got done with 15, so it's been uh, been blessed to stay all in Kansas City. It's it's not fun. I feel like it's a little bit of Game of Thrones. Winter is coming <laughs> in Kansas every year. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do another winter, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I've loved it. The fans obviously here are second to none. Arrowhead Stadium um, has been cool, and man, how how deserving. Our, of our fan of our fans they waited you know i say i waited 15 years for a super bowl they waited 50 in the city yeah so it, it was cool to kind of finally be a part of delivering that and the parade was great and uh, i you know it was unbelievable this offseason has been been great except for the the breaks that have been put on the country with this covid 19 i hope everybody's health and healthy and i know that um you know we're that's, that's why we do stuff like that is you see a lot of people doing stuff and uh ti scrubs is a really cool uh kansas city based company um that that makes all their materials uh antimicrobial and that they're safe and we wanted to just kind of make blessings for people that are you know leaving their houses and going into war zones every day in these hospitals for these people good man i mean just on tuesday if you missed it twenty five thousand dollars donation of scrubs to the children's hospital in kansas city dustin colquitt good guy been there for 16 years you saw a lot of bad football over there for a while what has been the big cultural change you think aside from getting Patrick Mahomes because Alex Smith was on a heat or two I mean let's not get crazy when Alex Smith uh was was told to leave to go to Washington and we're going to hand over the reins of Patrick Mahomes a lot of people thought that was insane outside of Kansas City I think in Kansas City everybody kind of knew but what has been the big culture shift in uh behind the scenes that Andy Reid has really brought to that place you're right. That wasn't a safe change. You know, it's one of those things you say. Alex Smith won his first nine games as a Kansas City Chiefs, and we made we pretty much made the playoffs every year he was here, except for the second year. Um, and like you said, you know, I've seen so much bad football. Our literally our like sometimes during these games, my, the funnest part was seeing you at a pregame in Indianapolis, going, "Hey, buddy, how are you?" <laughs> and the rest. And then the rest of the game, we were punting and leading the league in three and outs. Um, I, I think the biggest change has been, you know, Andy Reid, what he's been able to kind of bring in. I know that's cliche, but Dave Tobe, uh, now with Spags coming in and changing our defense in year one, get, you know, getting, uh, you know, guys that are just, just amazing to watch on the field that play the next level in a Super Bowl. Um, so, uh, you know, Honey Badger, Frank Clark, you know, there's the, the, the list kind of goes on with those guys. And I think that, uh, you know, I quoted a couple years ago and said that, you know, Andy Reid, basically you can see everything that he puts down on paper and puts on a whiteboard. Pat can go out there and make it happen. My, our Pat, our Pat, not you. No, I can't. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know no, Andy. But, yeah. I've never seen his dry race, <laughs> but, but Mahomes can literally just make happen what Andy Reid thinks up. And so that's why our offense has been successful. Guys have stayed and wanted to, to play and be a part of that offense. And it, it's been fun to literally fun to watch. Do, do you think, um, do you think that when Andy Reid made that decision, 
to move forward with Patrick Mahomes. He knew what you just said there. Like, hey, we have Alex Smith is really good, but we have a guy that we've seen on practice. By the way, I would like to hear what he was like on the practice field against that defense whenever Alex Smith was starting. I, I assume there was more than one person that was on the Chiefs defense who would get smoked on a daily basis that was like, uh, we need this guy to potentially play. But do you think that's why Andy Reid chose Patrick Mahomes? Like, what were the indicators you think leading into that decision to move on from Alex Smith, who just statistically, I think, had his best year and move on with Patrick Mahomes, this guy that nobody really knew outside of Kansas City? I think it's exactly what you said. You know how when we get done kicking, we sit there and watch our offense, our seven-on-seven, our pat-and-go, all those things. And I think when you watch Pat, he's sitting here, he's supposed to be throwing interceptions to our number one defense, right? And he's shredding them at practice. (laughs) And we're going like, what's going on? And so we made the playoffs uh, that last year of Alex's – uh, uh, tenure in, in Kansas City and so Andy Reid basically says look you have three days to prep you're starting the Denver Broncos game in Denver Okay. and so everybody's kind of looking around going like this should be interesting three days of prep if you're a backup in Andy Reid's system you don't get a whole lot of reps except for the what you're doing you're setting up the first team defense and so we sat there and watched Pat we're going like oh my gosh you know he's making throws that Joe Montana, Joe Montana, some of these Peyton Mannings, Tom Brady makes, and he's also take getting tackles and pulling out of them like Ben Roethlisberger, still getting the ball downfield. Mm. And so it's fun watching a, a quarterback that can do these different things down the field, pick them apart, but also rally guys when something bad happens and brings them over there and says, "Hey, we still need you. Get your head back in the game." And comes over to the heater and talks to a kicker and says, "Hey, that was a pretty good punt, but I really don't want you kicking anymore." <laughs> <laughs> so he just has. So, all the intangibles. It, it feels like he's the per, he's the one almost. Now, granted, they're talking about paying him two hundred million dollars. Can't do that this offseason. You guys don't have enough salary cap. But there, he's already won a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He's so young. I mean, it feels as if he's the guy. I, I mean, the world has never seen anything like this Patrick Mahomes phenomenon. Maybe Aaron Rodgers back in the day when Aaron came in after the Brett Favre, the throws that Aaron could make and the athleticism and uh, stuff like that. But what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do has been game-changing, I think. It's been fun to watch in Kansas City, just the just the receptivity. Because, you know, you think you're like, well, this is a safe pick. We got Alex. You know, we know we're going to win a lot of games. It's going to be fun to watch. Those eight home games, we're going to win them. And so when they made that change, Alex was so instrumental because you see guys like Favre, a guy you just mentioned, and says, it's not my job to get Aaron Rodgers ready. But it was Alex's job to get Pat ready. And, man, mm. he took that wholeheartedly and everything, any information, he information shared everything. And so that was fun to watch because I was, I was good friends with Alex. And so it was never one of those things where, like, that's not my job. He took it as, like, you know, I'm, I may not be for, here forever. And, you know, I'm going to give everything that knowledge-wise, anything that is rubbed off on Andy, I'm going to give to Pat. And you know, so he's ready to go when it is his time, whenever that happens. That's so insane. It was, fun, it was fun to watch that. He, he was groomed in a Major League Baseball locker room. So you got to think when, he, when he, he takes that Major League Baseball – uh, kind of attitude and that spunk and brings it to the football locker room. And so that it, it's kind of like one of those things like game day is just like, you know, it's just another game. It's like practice. We're out there fighting for each other. And so it's fun to see that. Yeah. Do you think baseball players, because they have 162 games, they have kind of a more, I don't want to say a laissez-faire attitude, but kind of just like a, hey, it's a game. Like, yeah, hey, we got a game. That's just the way it goes. Growing up in that world, you probably have a complete different mindset on the game day being like this Super Bowl-like feeling once a week. Whenever it's just like in your life watching your dad, it's like, yeah, every night's showtime, basically. Yeah, I think he watched the original showtime and his father, and he just said, look, this is what my dad was like on game days. 
That's how I'm going to be. Now, there's an intensity to football that he brings because you have to. There, it's, it's two t- completely different sports, but I think that his swag coming into the, the preparation of the week, the, the, you know, he, it's funny when you see his interviews of a game week are completely different than an offseason workout. And to say the guy hasn't changed – is very true. I spend a lot of time with him and I do, I do things with him all the time here in the city. And if I text him, he'll text me back within 10 minutes. He's always, he always has time for people. And, and that's the coolest thing about Pat is he go, he makes it a point to go and find that person that can't give anything to him back, but he wants to give everything in that experience and say, Hey man, he hasn't got, it's cool to see that. Hey, he hasn't got 200 million yet though. I mean, (laughs) that, that is, that is true. (laughs) I think, I, I think that you know I've seen he's like like you said earlier he's he, he has a he has a Super Bowl ring he's got the MVP and if he hadn't changed there I just I just I, I can't see money being one of those things that changes the guy just because I you know he already has the endorsements he's got the Oakley stuff he does that and he's still the same dude he's so good too it's fun to watch he's good for the league face of the league here for the next I don't know hopefully 15 years for you guys out there in Kansas City I think you'll probably be able to punt for another 15 years if you had to you're so technically sound it is so fun to watch you bomb balls I just want to let you know that but a person you don't have to kick to in a game which is very convenient is Tyreek Hill how do you feel about not having to punt to Tyreek Hill or Nicole Hartman ever again does that feel pretty good? Or uh, I think it's great. You know, I think that you know when I if, if they ever do make me move on from the city, um, I'll I'm just gonna not move on from the city, and I'll just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the place of that palm tree right next to you. And I, <laughs> come on, come on. You can take. Hold on. You can also take. Uh... Do you know what that's our stock? That's our stock going up as I join you. Let's just keep on the rise. Um, it, I will say, I was gonna. That's an easy way to make a transition. It's fun watching. You, you get this all the time, so I'm not going to do it too long. But it's fun watching you bring every average Joe, every person, blue and white collar in this country together to watch a game. I know that I tune in way more when I know, like, hey, Pat's on. This is going to be great. This is going to be a whole new aspect because uh, I did radio shows and TV shows and stuff early on in Kansas City before Peoli and all that stuff kind of happened and transpired here. And it was fun bringing that whole people that wouldn't tune in to the game and really don't either don't understand or or don't fully, fully like – seeing what's going on in and you have you have that ability to kind of bring in all of that other crowd that's fun to watch and that's it's 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 exciting and it, it's it's cool to see that in communities well i appreciate that that means a lot i knew nothing about those college football games i was calling <laughs> nothing i mean it was and i by the way i think that was kind of an asset because i think the people that were watching also knew nothing so when i had a question about uh, so this guy's good I, I actually said that on air at one point and that's like the job of a commentator is to, you know, watch film and know these things. I was like, oh, this guy's good, good at one point, I said. And people were like, uh, listening to Pat McAfee realized that, inter- I don't even remember the guy's name, is a good football player live on the air is kind of funny to listen. And then other people obviously hated me for that. But, I mean, there's always a balance. There's always a balance, Dustin. There's always a balance. Uh- you're 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 like that chart back there. You're you're up. It's not st- it's not a it's not it's not. It's Woo! Not it's, it's rolling. We're rolling. It's, at least you're not saying a field goal is good and it's not good. 
Oh, I know who you're referring to. And uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you are. You're trying to get me right now. You are trying to get me to go on a rant that you know the kickers and punters had been misrepresented on the mainstream media for way too long, and I kind of took it to upon myself. But that's neither here nor there. How are you punting balls? Are you still punting balls? Do you have you started yet? What does your off season look like? Yeah, definitely. I got four. I got four ball shaggers with. Uh, I got four boys. Smart. Uh, so, I, and the first two, Brinkley's thirteen, Colson's eleven. My eleven-year-old actually can turn over footballs better than I can. I oh, think. so you're creating an, the next generation of Colquitt punters. I'm trying to. I mean, I always like I get these calls and these tryouts. I'm like, hey, start your own kicking camp. You and Patch. And I'm like, listen, Pat's been in camp and blow all the other trying to chain. I, I can't. <laughs> That's always a funny thing because, and just like Alex Smith was teaching guys. Like, that's not something a lot of people that do Kansas City to bring another person in who also uh, that we've had uh, Jack Fox was in camp with us last year um, had a huge leg I mean I, I saw him hit a set where he was like five six five oh uh, it's a hang time it, it, by the way I mean it was like some of these you're just like I have never seen anything like that and it's you know one of those things where as you know, um, you know you you hit a ball four five to four eight, and they're all four five and four eight. You're good, as opposed to having a five six, a four five, and a three five. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it'll be the standard from now on. I'll have somebody in camp, and they're going to try to go younger every year. Um, but you know, Expected, only being 30, 31, I'm not that old right now, anyway. You know, how old are you? Thirty one. How many years did you say? <laughs> Albert Pujols. Oh, okay. If he's, if he's 31, I'm 31. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, an absolute gentleman. I appreciate watching you, man. You're so talented. It's been a lot of fun. I'm happy all those years of patience finally paid off and you got a chance to get a ring. Like your, uh, Which one in your family? Somebody in your family has a Super Bowl ring. Right? Oh, my, well, geez, I was the only one. My dad had two for the Steelers, 13 and 14, and then Britain had Super Bowl 50. So I was the I was literally the only male Colquitt that didn't have one. And I was good all the way up into the game. I punted in pregame, and then they shot this stat up in uh, in the stadium in Miami, and it said if Dustin is able to win, he joins his bre and I'm like, oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do that to me? Oh, my gosh. Hey, it's all right. Rub so. your little 11-year-old's face in it. Tell him he's got no Super Bowl rings and to go shag some balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? I heard it my whole life. <laughs> ladies, my whole, and, my whole life. ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, Dustin Colquitt. Yeah! Thank you, Dustin. Yeah! For the brand. Thanks, great great Thanks, for the brand. Cheers, man. Hey. He, he's a lefty, so it was hard to watch his film and learn from. Mm -hmm. He looked so effortless. It was like Phil Mickelson. Like, you know how Phil Mickelson's a lefty? He looks so smooth. Mm -hmm. That's what Colquitt looks back. He's sitting back. It's, it doubled my career, by the way, 16 years. He's got four more punters in his arsenal coming out, too. Hey, <sighs> that's what happens with that Colquitt family, by the way, which is very smart. Kevin Huber, punter for the Bengals. I asked him one day in pre in like pregame. I was like, when did you start punting? He was like uh, eighth grade or something like that. I was like, <laughs> I started my rookie year. <laughs> probably should have started when I was a little bit younger. I don't probably would help a little bit. Would it, would it have helped a bunch if you would have started help, punting I, early? It would have been nice to know what I was doing like the first three years of my NFL career. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. would have been. I would walk out there. I would hit a ball. It was a shank. I didn't know why. I'd hit a bomb the next time. I didn't know why. It was like <laughs> I don't know why that one worked and that one didn't until like year four or five, and then it was like okay, now we're starting to kind of understand this thing, and then it got boring. So I mean, it's just like uh, you know, it's an interesting. I was 
was very thankful, obviously, to be in the NFL. But guys like the Colquitts are people that like teach you how to do stuff. It's been he's a good guy. It's still one punter of the decade, too. Gotta love it. Hey, you got only had a few, only had four or five good years. You know what I mean? That's only, that's a half a decade, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NFL leaving me off of that. Huh. I'm not happy, but Shane Leckler is the goat. Okay, greatest of all time. Think he needs to go in the Hall of Fame. But from 2010 to 2020, I mean, come on, guys. Let's have a little bit of respect. Check respect. The Let's have a little bit of respect. I love Shane. Any any award Shane gets, I feel like I get alongside of it because he's one of us. You know, he's down there hammering beers right now in Texas. <laughs> like I love that Shane Leckler got it. And Hecker's a good guy too. Three punters of a decade, not too bad. Ten years we can share it. I mean, theirs is officially from the NFL, so it <laughs> counts a lot more than mine does from Pro Football Focus. It gave us know, a hoodie. In 10 years from now, if Pro Football Focus is still alive, it's going to mean a lot more. Yeah. The NFL will still be alive. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I I am pulling hard for Pro Football Focus (laughs) to last as long as possible. It's like Scout.com. Does it still exist? I don't know. See, I was Scout.com All-American, so if that company just dies off, I can't even say I was an All-American anymore. We're still good. Still alive. Okay. We need the same for Pro Football Focus. If we can, we need to support that for at least another 10 years. So I could have something to my title. Scouts owned by CBS Sports. So, that, I mean. Oh, CBS good. Sports Radio right now. Look at this. We're all coming full circle here. Wow. I was ranked like 100 and something. And I went down to Miami that one weekend. Kicked a 65-yard field goal. Next morning, first team All-American. <laughs> What's up? What's up? What a joke. Sorry for interrupting this. <laughs> Fabulous conversation. I mean, we were really talking good. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, I was proud of what we were talking yeah, great stuff. I mean, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. I was like, you know what? Those guys right there, the way they're talking, good. You know? <laughs> I hear you. Really good. Um, with the ever-increasing number of makes of cars, you know? Mm-hmm. You got Fiat. Sure. Kia. Yeah. Hyundai. Yep. Honda. Mm-hmm. Jeep. Yeah. GM. Yeah. Yuka. Nope. I miss it. Chevrolet. Chevy. Ford. Yeah. Cadillac. list goes on and on. Genesis. Uh, Eagle. Lincoln. Saturn. Ferrari. Tesla. Lamborghini. Audi. Uh, Volvo. Beamer. <laughs> Mercedes. Did you already use that? No. But I was just in Germany, though. That's like, in, in my head, I couldn't. Maserati. Uh, Go to Italy. Ferrari. Lambo. Anyways, there is it. never ending number of car mix these days and models now let's go pacifica <laughs> civic <laughs> wrangler camry yukon escalade sport <laughs> i'm done i'm done <laughs> it is now impossible to stock all of the parts you could potentially need for a car in a traditional chain storefront why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning excuse me is your car the odyssey lx px dx ox or ex it's like i don't know i fucking bought it two years ago they're like well what type of thing is this it's kind of an intimidating thing because you feel like an idiot because you don't know every single thing about your car which is what the people at the chain storefront need and all they're going to do is type it into their little computer, and they're only going to be able to offer you whatever they have in the store. And that's why Rock Auto is a very, rockauto.com is a very different operation. 
They have everything your car could potentially need, and it's very easy to utilize. RockAuto.com is a family business business serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your damn car. Oh, nice. Everything you could possibly need, RockAuto.com has. Your traditional chain storefront just can't have everything that they have at RockAuto.com. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same damn parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck write mcafee in there hey how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you that's right mcafee in there hey how'd you find out about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car could ever need right now at rockauto.com joining us now Former number two overall pick in the NFL draft. Now he's an ESPN college football personality and brain, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Lee. Yeah! There you go, Ryan! Where are you right now? You out in California? Uh, yeah, Palm Springs. Oh, nice. Uh, we're uh, in the desert. Uh, we did this March 18th. Um, we haven't seen another human being since March 18th. Our family, we've uh, we've quarantined like no other. We're trying to win the COVID-19 game right now. It looks like. Uh, um, are those chemtrails behind you, or are those what's going on behind you there? Yeah, this is the this is the area. The, the kiddo's got the whole house this morning. He's got Paw Patrol on. Uh, it's you know it, it probably wouldn't be the best interview with uh, Chase's <laughs> on the case going. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, have you just been getting food shipped to you guys out there in the desert, or are you just like kind of? Yeah, we've been getting food shipped to us, and then I just recently uh, uh, did the whole mask and went to the grocery store yeah. thing uh, yeah. and spent. Uh, uh, we got enough for about a month worth, and then we brought it back to the house and tried to stay away from everybody as possible. And and we've just been my wife, my son, and myself and our little dog. We had a crazy Easter. There's an umbrella in the pool that's how wild it got here at the hey, i like that a lot uh well happy easter to you guys i'm happy you're surviving and thriving out there in the middle of the desert let's talk about the upcoming draft obviously the last time uh we were here with you you were sitting on this couch you gave us your top five draft prospects at quarterback and tua was not in that top five since being in quarantine and being locked down in the middle of the desert have you looked at more film have you decided that tua is probably a better option than love or Air Bear, or any of the other quarterbacks, are you still set on the fact that Tua is not your top five prospects for the NFL? Well, this is this is my thing, right? This was the the idea that I hope I'm wrong five years from now, right? I hope True. Old Takes Exposed has me just flat out on the floor going, "What the hell was this guy thinking?" I just I hope I'm wrong. I just don't I don't feel like that's going to be the case. I think that uh, in terms of what you consider success, right? I mean, you look at the last, you know, what is it, twenty years the top five draft picks at quarterback only one has won a super bowl he won multiple ones but only one quarterback so if you're talking about Tua in the top five that's that's what success is is to win a championship and if you're not doing that i don't know what that looks like i don't think he has the the ability to transition to the next level and, and be as successful as let's say a joe burrow 
or a Justin Herbert. It's just just how I feel. The the amount of film I've watched, all it, it doesn't necessarily reinforce that thought. It just it keeps me a little off putting in terms of what he can do without maybe the same kind of talent he had at Alabama, to be honest. Were you, did you, when you got drafted number two overall to the San Diego Chargers, did you feel that immediate pressure like, hey, if you're in the top five pick, your job is to bring a championship to this team? Did you, were you told that? Did you feel that? How did that all work out? I expected that. Okay. I, I really did. You know, I thought I was supposed to be at that spot and I didn't feel a lot of pressure until the pressure was just too much. That was, I didn't feel it incrementally getting uh, more stressful, more stressful until all of a sudden I was ready to burst. I don't know what uh, or how I didn't associate that as it, as it ramped up. But as soon as it was too big, I was, it was too, I was, I wasn't big enough for the moment at that point. And, uh, and it got out of hand. So I thought I was supposed to be exactly where I was supposed to be, doing exactly what I was supposed to do, and bringing a championship to San Diego when I got got drafted. That was the plan. Of course, you know, you know, you don't make plans because you have no idea how anything is going to come out. We're, we're living in a world right now that with, with that exact case. Do you think if you were not drafted number two overall, the amount of pressure, like if you were a second round or third draft pick, do you think your world would have continued in the way it ended up going? Well, it, it may still have. I was the problem personally. I, I, the individual Ryan was the, was the problem. So until I had made a you know a personality, a culture, a behavioral switch change, I don't know how much would have changed. But I don't think that the the pressure would have been so uh, overwhelming that my character defects were exposed to the world. Right. So I may have been able to go on and hide it all. And then just kind of been, you know, right now at 43 years old, just kind of like a 43-year-old asshole with a couple Super Bowl rings. And no one wants to hang out with that guy. So, <laughs> I think there are plenty of those. I think social media has exposed a lot of those. You're actually a joy to hang out with. You're here for a day with us. We loved having you around. We're thankful for your entire journey because I think on the other side of it, you became a better human. You're 43. How is your... Um, go with technology on a daily basis do you normally fail uh yeah i'm not i'm not great you know not only am i 43 but then i spent three years in prison where like technology develops and i had no idea what to do about it when i got out it was like a bit new newborn baby learning some of this stuff um but i do okay i do okay you know zoom meetings things like that um i let my wife who's very knowledgeable in the technology side of thing kind of developed that, but we've stayed pretty clear. We've, 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 we've binge watched things on TV, but we haven't like dived into the news. We haven't been on, I stayed, we came out here for the first two weeks. I didn't bring my phone, no social media for two weeks from that was huge. It was freeing. It was time spent with the family. And, and I've tried to kind of stay away from that stuff and not just, um, go overboard now that it may be the only outlet for a lot of people. I just, I haven't done as much. I've just kind of let everything kind of come. And, and, uh, I think the next thing I probably really get up for is going to be the draft here in about a week and a half. And, and see how that plays out. Well, that's why I was going to ask you about technology because the draft is going to be in a completely tech bound draft. I mean, Goodell's making announcements from his basement. At some point, Jerry Jones is going to have to operate a Zoom or a FaceTime. I mean, I just, I think there is a beautiful setup for catastrophe here coming with this draft, and I cannot wait to watch it. I totally agree with you. Uh, we were on a, uh, Zoom meeting the other day with a bunch of my NFL Legends uh, coordinators and the, the head of our 
um, group is is the head of marketing there, and, the, and she's kind of responsible for all that goes out and what's going to happen to the draft. Now, at first, she was overwhelmed with the idea of these draftees having to boat across the Bellagio ponds to, to the <laughs> to the you know the commissioner, waiting like who's going to be the first one to belly flop in and pull a Pat McAfee. Uh, but I, I I think that this is going to be much more difficult because there's going to be so many more moving parts, oh. just so many more in terms of that. There's going to be somebody that takes the the iPad to the bathroom and makes a pick. There's going to be, uh, you know, a kid that walks in and smashes smashes daddy in the balls or something like that. It's just it's gonna it's gonna play out in pretty comedic form, I think. I honestly believe there's going to be incredible moments. I, I I think there's going to have to be a little bit more leeway with this draft as other drafts. I think trades are obviously going to potentially happen. Like I think there's going to be a lot of trades in this draft. I, I think there's teams that need things that are going to want to make moves. There's teams that are in great positions that maybe don't need certain players that are there. So there's obviously going to be the temptation. But if some, like if you're, if for instance, during our FaceTime here, now granted you're out in the middle of the desert, but we do this every single day, and there's been freezing here. Unbeknownst to both of us, nothing we could do. If somebody is in the middle of processing a trade and the screen freezes for what, 30, 45 seconds, and another team comes in for it, like, I mean, there is just, I mean, there's a real chance some teams get completely screwed in this thing, and I'm here for it. I am all the way here for it. I'm here for for it too, just because it's it's a show. But I also don't believe necessarily that it's gonna that's gonna take place. Because don't forget the television cameras catch everything, but they're still on the phones making deals. I, I, I think that it's going to be less, you know, controversial than, than a lot of us think. But maybe a lot of us want because it's just gonna be more entertainment for the for the people out there that are watching this who haven't had anything for so long. So they're all gonna have their home phones, right? So they'll probably have home phones and cell phones, but they're only allowed to be at a group of six, right? So I mean, it's gonna be awesome. But Ryan, how you see where do you see Tua going? Where do you see Air Bear going? You said you like Herbert a lot more than you like Tua that I assume that's potentially because you've seen more of him out there in the Pac twelve. People are talking about Love making a little bit of a run here as well. People are talking about him being a guy that everybody loves. How do you see it shaping up with the quarterbacks? Well, I, I honestly think that if if Washington and Detroit, if they're not and they're set in stone with their guys in terms of not wanting a quarterback, there there could be a way that some some trades happen where those three guys you mentioned, Burrow, Tua, and Herbert go in the top three. Mm. It, it could be a one-two-three draft in terms of the quarterback position because each one of them has come along. No one knows what Joe Burrow brings to the table other than the season, right? We don't know. We True. haven't seen him work out. We haven't seen anything from him since that national championship game, and that stuff's been good enough. And he for <laughs> sure is going to be the number one pick. You watch what Tua does. You watch what H- Herbert does. Both guys are very, very capable. I wouldn't be surprised if a team and other teams figure out a way to get into the top three to draft those first three guys first. Has this year completely debunked the thought that pro days matter? <laughs> I guess I, I guess for uh, it, guys it, that aren't at the it combine. Mattered, it, it mattered for me. Uh, so, you know, I didn't do anything at the combine, and I killed it in the, uh, in the pro day. So it mattered to me. But when you have like, – like Joe Burrow – the season he had is the is the drop the mic moment. You don't need to do anything else. Actually, you don't. Legit. You don't. If there's any question marks, you go. Hey, there is a ton of film for you. Go check it out. We played 15 games. We won them all. I threw for 60 touchdowns. Just go. Just go watch it. If you're not satisfied. 
give me a call. I'll, I'll do something on Zoom. You it. know, it's very interesting here, and, and I'm just thinking from a very personal standpoint. I wasn't invited to the Combine, so my pro day was the most important day of my life. That was bigger than any Super Bowl or anything like that because a lot of teams are going to look at me potentially for the first time and only time in real life. If it wasn't for Mike Tomlin guiding the scouts out to the field to watch me, I really wonder what would have happened. But for these kickers and punters and for other positions that didn't go to the Combine, what do they do in their workouts? Like Zooms? Like how do you do a kicking workout with a Zoom? If you're a wide receiver and you're not around a quarterback, how do you do a, a pro day? with? This is why the GMs want extended time in three more rounds, Cobra wants, because they, at the bottom half of the uh, roster and the bot- second half of the draft, a lot of these guys didn't go to the combine, might not, go, might not have had a pro day where anybody's around them. I mean, I'll be intrigued to see how these guys have gotten noticed. Are they DMing teams like video? Like well, how the hell are some of these guys getting wrecked? I, I really wonder that now that we're talking about it. Well, I mean, these GMs, these scouts, these guys can can find diamonds in the rough. They they have to do their job. It's been made much more difficult with the times that we are living in. Um, but there's going to be some misses. I, I don't think uh, first, second round guys, you're probably not going to make a lot of misses on because you've done your due diligence. You have an idea. You have a big uh, portfolio of these guys. But you, there's going to be some misses, and there's going to be some great takes uh, rounds, you know, three through seven. I think where they find people that other scouts weren't able to get out and get on but you might find that diamond in the rough it could be a special time for some of those young players who uh, a lot of people didn't know about or didn't notice because of one scout who saw him one time and had a great conversation and sold his gm on it i just realized i'm not getting drafted if i'm in this draft me personally so maybe i should have a little bit more respect for the guys that aren't at the combine stuff like that i would not have got drafted this is interesting. This is very interesting times. Not only is the tech going to be an issue, but now not getting a chance to see pro days where guys that you didn't even know existed show up and run like four, four, fives. You're like, who the hell is that guy? He was a special teamer. Why wasn't he on the field? Why well, he couldn't pick up our defense or offense? Like, oh, we can find a place for that guy. I think this is a very interesting time. Let's move to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a winner everywhere he's ever been, aside from obviously just getting slaughtered whenever he was at Oklahoma in the playoff. But he took Oklahoma to a playoff. Almost another Heisman out there. He's a guy who's won national championships, been there, done that. Everybody respects him as a leader. How do you think he's going to fare in this draft? Everybody's saying second round for him. I'll be excited to see what happens. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I got a chance to go to his pro day and be a part of that, uh, covering it for ESPN. And I, and I watched a guy simply um, – willing to work harder than anybody else. I think that's probably the bottom line for him. He's for a guy who's been so talented and played for uh, some, you know, the blue bloods in this country, he still outworked everybody else. So I like him to the Baltimore Ravens, essentially being the backup to Lamar Jackson, taking over the RG three position, uh, probably a, a less financial burden on the Ravens to get a guy like Jalen hurts out of the draft under a rookie contract. Only problem is true. I see Jalen Hurts being a guy that it wants to compete for the job, you know, and, and then when it's all said and done, he's the guy that ultimately comes out and wins the job. So I don't know if that's not, the right fit. Not but against I think Lamar Jackson. For him. Not against Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts is about to realize, like, yeah, he's a great athlete. Yeah. But whenever you get into a room with Lamar Jackson, it's like, oh, okay, I'm the backup here. Like, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the NFL, though. Like, the NFL is the all-star game of the all-stars. You know, that's the way it always goes. It's not always easy to get a spot. I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch. Who doesn't pan out and who ultimately ends up like Tua might end up being a backup somewhere. Like we have no idea. That'll be interesting because he was obviously well, Mike. My, my comparison there, right, is like you look at the success. What would you consider Marcus Mariota's career as? Uh, people would not necessarily consider that a success, though. He was the number two pick in the draft. 
They went on to win playoff games, go on to the second round of the playoff game. But ultimately, Ryan Tannehill had to replace him to get to the AFC Championship. So for most people are going to mm. say that's not a success. I could see Tua's career very similarly playing out like that, where he does well. They get to the playoffs. They get to the second round of the playoffs. He's a great leader. People follow him, but they're not getting to a championship. And you put a first or second uh, first or second overall pick on somebody like that. It all depends on what your program, your fan base, everybody constitutes or what they believe success is. Ryan, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Can't wait to work together with you once you get out of that desert and this quarantine's over. We appreciate the hell out of you. Emerging Vets and Players, a good initiative as well down there on your chest. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me. Everybody stay safe. Cuban Cuban Joe says hello. Ryan Lee. All right. All right. Uh, good conversation, Ryan Leaf. There's a guy that's been there, done that with everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Aside from winning the Super Bowl, obviously. He's been the highs, been the lows. Now he's bouncing back. Very thankful for that conversation. <laughs> Yesterday was a bad day in the WWE's history. A lot of incredibly talented people were laid off from their jobs amidst this COVID-19 quarantine uh, to talk about that is a man who I've gotten a chance to share uh, microphones with, uh, television screen with, and numerous other things with. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Roberts. Yeah! boy, Sam! Thanks. What is that, the uh, Not Sam uh, studio there? Yeah, how did you know that that's where we were? <laughs> sure looks like a basement. <laughs> What's well, not? It's a studio. Sure looks like a basement, Sam. Okay, well, you look like you're in a building. Well, that's a lot better. This is a studio, too, by the way, in a building, not in my basement. But that's neither here nor there. Sam, you've been a... Yep. Studios can be... By the way, studios can be on any floor of the building, and it's still just as much a studio. Yeah, but you're you're literally the guy in his basement. That's like people talk about like, oh, get out of your, your basement. And start doing, you are that guy. I mean, that's why people on uh, wrestling internet get so mad at you, I think. Is that what that is? <laughs> is <that> my location? <laughs> uh, let's talk about yesterday, though. Bad day. In uh, wrestling history yesterday, a lot of very talented people got laid off. For those who might be listening or watching that don't know exactly what happened or how it happened, can you break it down just a little bit for everybody? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, around noon, word broke that there was going to be a conference call for WWE employees. I'm not a WWE employee, so I don't know anything about being on an actual conference call or anything like that. I just know what the internet tells me. Hey, I was not um, on that conference call either, so it's a pretty good day for us, I guess, not to be on Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But apparently on the conference call, you know, they said that uh, there's going to be talent cuts and they're just going to be, you know, as a cost-cutting mechanism, they're going to be removing some, some, some people from the company. And then right around 2, 3 o'clock yesterday, word just started getting out about different talent and different uh, people who worked at WWE behind the scenes that were getting let go. And I mean, I think it went further than anybody realized it was going to go in terms of just the sheer number of people that lost their jobs or got furloughed yesterday. You have people that have been working at WWE for... 20, 30 years that got forlorn or laid off yesterday out of nowhere. And the WWE, although it's an internationally, globally traded company, it's really a family business at the end of the day. I mean, there's only a certain amount of people that are making decisions. You know those people. You see those people. They interact with you. It's a it's a very sm- much smaller business than you would ever fathom, especially with their global reach and tentacles and the amount of cash. I think that's why 
the reaction on the internet was so negative because they know exactly who's making this decision. Vince McMahon himself has been a character. He has been the best heel in the history of the business, but everybody knows that everything he's about is money. Everything he knows is about business, ironclad contracts, firing people, kiss my ass, all that stuff. So whenever he starts getting laid off, that kind of gives people ammo to be like, oh, this guy who has all this money who's rubbed in our face for so long now can't afford to pay his people. And I think that's why it kind of got a negative rap yesterday. Do you agree with that? Yeah, the Mr. McMahon character and the Vince McMahon person start to blend together into this one thing. And I mean, you're right. It really is the only publicly traded company that I can think about that's that big that people still look at as, well, this is that guy's company. There's a guy there. He calls all the shots. Most of the times, you know, these giant conglomerates, they go public and there's a whole group of people and, and different decisions come from different areas. But WWE is, has maintained that sort of at least public image of this is Oz, the great and powerful, and he's the one that, that says what goes here. There has been a lot of hirings by the WWE over the last couple of years because of competition coming in, right? AEW, uh, New Japan, you name it. Independent wrestling has become a little bit more mainstream, and there's been a couple other promotions that have money and TV deals and backing and eyeballs. So they got into an arms race, basically. People were hiring however they could hire. WWE ended up with so much talent. They hired so many people because everybody's dream was to get to WWE. Now they're letting people go. A couple of those people, I think, are going to find jobs very, very quickly with other competitors i think rusev will get picked up stat i mean the rusev run was a, a one that was massive and a lot of fans believe he wasn't used properly and then he'll go on but for a lot of them i'm not 100 sure they're going to be able to get signed immediately I, I mean what does the future look like for a lot of these people in your eyes well that to me is the most concerning thing that there were a lot of people on the internet yesterday that were going like oh it's okay AEW, here we come or or new japan or whatever it is and people aren't keeping in mind, nobody is running shows. Nobody is hiring people right now. You know, AEW is still on TV, but it's been taped weeks in advance. You know what I mean? Huh. So I don't see AEW making any hires for at least a little bit of time. And there's certainly no other, you know, as healthy as the independents are and Ring of Honors and all these other organizations, they're not running shows. New Japan is not running shows like these these guys who will eventually get hired. I mean, the reality is at some point things are going to get back to normal. At some point, there's going to be places to go to work. And eventually some of these people will get hired in other companies. Eventually, some of these people will probably, I hope, be back in WWE. But for the time being, I think you're left with a lot of people and a lot of behind the scenes people in WWE, too, because I mean, it was I, I talked to a lot of friends who, you know, they're not going to be press releases about them going. But a lot of people behind the scenes went, and all of these people are kind of sitting there, I think, at least in the short term, going, I don't I don't know what's going to come next. Yeah, what's the fallout of this going to be long-term, you think? Do you think WWE is going to have to real PR this thing? There was a lot of very unhappy humans on the internet. Now, granted, the internet, I mean, our guy Jay Glazer got buried last night for talking about a guy getting coronavirus. I mean, the internet. I saw that. Yeah, he. Hey, <laughs> I big, saw that. Big, big news. He said, <laughs> it, Dude, "This is when you know it's bad." I don't even follow football. I don't know if the guy he's announcing as Corona is a big deal or not. He's not. But when I'm sitting there going. Oh, what did Jay Glazer do? It's either really good news for Jay or it's really bad. 
<laughs> what do you think WWE's next steps will be, though, in this entire thing? Do you think they're going to have to PR this? Like, they didn't address it last night, I don't think, on their live NXT taping, which is very interesting. No, no. What you they- know, I, I think that WWE is going to have to charge forward and just keep putting out product and hope that people enjoy the product that they put out. You know, I, I would think that as this world that we're living in continues, people are going to continue to realize that layoffs and things like that are a reality of most companies. Um, and, you know, I think that I think that it's all going to come into play when things get back to normal. And how does WWE handle that? Sam, a lot of people in the YouTube comment section are saying very mean things about you. And I am not... That's hard to believe. I, I wouldn't think... Are you... Sh- Check again. Is it my name that they're talking about or is it somebody else? Sam, they keep that might be my fiance now that I Okay. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it's directly you. They just keep get Sam off the screen. I think they're maybe talking about my my fiance. I think that's Is she it. on the screen? Well, they, I don't know what screen they're referring to. You know, we don't really <laughs> okay. we don't really know what screen they are referring to. Yeah, uh, Sam. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think I was saying anything controversial. I don't know why yeah. why 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 the negativity is I, that just your audience? Do you think? No, it's not my audience. Don't you come oh. after my toxic culture over here? Don't you do <laughs> I, that I to know. me, pal? Um, I think this is your audience leaking in. I think this is huh. your audience leaking into here. Uh, you were <laughs> you were trending on Twitter. Um, uh, the other week, do you want to talk mm-hmm. about that or anything? Do you like whenever you start trending? Normally in the WWE world, okay, mm-hmm. it's not real life. Wrestling is not real life. You actually want people to either hate you with everything they have inside of you or love you with everything, nothing in the middle. For Sam, right. in the current moment that Sam Roberts is in, it is currently <laughs> the the first one there, the hatred of the thing. Do you, whenever you're trending, mm-hmm. do you check Twitter? Um, I mean, I always check to see if I'm trending and then I just, and then I check the trend enough just to catch the overall vibe. (laughs) (laughs) And then once I've caught the vibe, I go like, okay, good to know. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll kind of just, I'll kind of go about it. Maybe I'll talk to my wife and be like, look, I'm trending again. And then, you know, the people who just listen to me on the radio that don't know me from wrestling at all are like. Oh, it's always a good day when Sam is trending. Look how much they hate him. <laughs> does your wife don't say that? Does your wife get all worked up about it? No, she's. I, I've had to condition her. You know, at first she was like really, she would get really, really upset about it, and she'd go, "But that's, what they're saying about you is not true." And I go, "Yeah, but don't tell anybody that. Like, let's keep this going." <laughs> and so now she's she's with me, where she goes, "Oh, that's great. Like, what are they saying?" I go, "Don't, Jess, don't." Don't worry about that, Jess. Just know that they're saying something. Well, Sam, I enjoy the hell out of you, bub. And uh, anytime I get to publicly bash you on Twitter when you're trending, I jump in too. So if it means anything, <laughs> I mean it's a hot trend. You gotta be. You gotta be a part of it. <laughs> gotta do it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, from the Not Sam Studio, uh, host of the Sam Roberts and Jim Norton Show on Sirius XM every single morning, and also uh, podcast. What's your name of your podcast? Not Sam Wrestling. That's it. Anything else? You got Not Shoes too, right? I mean, I got you go to Not Sam on YouTube and you can find everything there. And I'll have, uh, I'll probably record a podcast right about now, uh, kind of going in detail about all the releases and everything that happened yesterday. So that'll be out there on the internet for everybody. WWE fans very eager to hear whether or not you were fired yesterday. Your official statement is you can't get fired if you're not hired. Here's the thing. If the only reason I'm there is because Triple H likes me and I'll work for free, you can't fire free, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Roberts. We appreciate you, Sam. Thank you.
have the best possible weekend that you could have. You know? Maybe it's a new movie, new series. Maybe it's arts and crafts. Maybe it's a little fitness. Maybe it's just laying around. Whatever you do, I hope you have the best possible weekend in the current conditions that you could possibly have. Me and my lady will probably take another swing at meditation at some point, see if this brain can defeat meditation one time in its 32-year existence. Probably hang out with the vitamins just a little bit, probably eat some food, maybe a little fitness, maybe hop on the bike if it isn't miserable. With masks on, obviously, N95 certified. They see me rolling, it's certified. <laughs> all right, Ty. Uh, from all of us to all of you, thank you so much. Hashtag, this is where I'm at, Pat. Got a couple cops listening to this show. Appreciate you serving the country. Got some first responders, frontline people in the battle against COVID-19. I appreciate you. We all appreciate the hell out of you. And I think we're getting out of this thing pretty soon, but I know next to nothing. Uh, Ty, please play some independent music.